being with us today. For being with us today, uh, let us start with prayer. Diakon uh, Henok, if you could uh, lead us in prayer and one hour is of a summit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Believing and trusting in the Holy Trinity and standing in the presence of our Holy Mother, the Church, we deny you, Satan, and for this, Mariam Sion is our witness forever and ever. We bless you, O Lord, and we thank you. We lift your name up on high, and we ask that you bless this Kubai, bless this gathering, bless this congregation. Open the eyes of our hearts so that we may see the light of your gospel and be willing to share them with all of your creation so that we can glorify you in all times and in all places. As you taught us how to pray, we'll pray to you, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. With the salutation of St. Gabriel the angel, O Our Lady Mary, peace be unto you. You are a virgin in your thoughts and a virgin in your flesh. Blessed are you amongst all women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Rejoice, joyful one, for God is with you. Pray and beseech your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, so that he may grant us mercy and forgive us our sins. Glory be to the Father, glory be to the Son, and glory be to the Holy Spirit, both now and ever and unto the ages of ages. Amen. Thank you for the prayer, Brother Deacon David. I mean, Brother Deacon Henok, I apologize. Um, if we could have our sister Zamari Zion uh, perform Mazbur uh, for us. Uh, our sister is joining us in, in like uh, less than 40 minutes. She has another uh, conference that she has to, a teleconference that she has to attend in a different state. Glory be to God that our uh, service everywhere is growing in this uh, midst of, of an unprecedented time. Uh, everyone is still turning to God, and and the services and the worship is not only a church, but it had entered our home. So in every uh, dark situation, there is always the light of God if we live with God. So uh, we thank you to be with, uh, for for your service, and we thank you for being with us. Uh, without further ado, our sister Zion. Good morning, guys. Uh I'll start in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. I won't forget what you did for me. I won't forget what you did for me. Oh, Lord, you went to hell for me to save me from misery oh lord you went to hell for me to show me your victory i sold myself to the serpent I was stripped of being your son, all alone and deserted, until my faith you reverted. You saved a wretch. 
one like me, though I don't deserve to be. You surrendered yourself for me with your blood. You set me free. You saved a wretched one like me. Though I don't deserve to be, you surrendered yourself for me. With your blood, you set me free. I won't forget what you did for me. I won't forget what you did for me. Oh, Lord, you went to hell for me to save me from misery. Oh, Lord, you went to hell for me to show me your victory. My weight of sin was a burden. My condition seemed to worsen. But then you came for the rescue and paid my debt that I was due. You saved a wretched one like me, though I don't deserve to be. You surrendered yourself for me. With your blood, you set me free. You saved a wretched one like me, though I don't deserve to be. You surrendered yourself for me. With your blood, you set me free. I won't forget. What you did for me, I won't forget what you did for me. Oh, Lord, you went to hell for me to save me from misery. Oh, Lord, you went to hell for me to show me your victory. Never deserved your divine gift. Up to the cross, you love me first. And now I shout from the rooftops. I'll sing for you, I will not stop. You saved a wretched one like me, though 
No, I don't deserve to be You surrendered yourself for me With your blood you set me free You saved a wretched one like me Though I don't deserve to be You surrendered yourself for me With your blood you set me free O Virgin Mary I beg listen to me With my tears and my cries, I'm falling at your feet, O Mother of God, incline your ears to me, O Mother of God. Incline your ear to me. My sadness and my peace. Who will listen to those? My troubles and my pain. No one will care to know. Oh, my Lady Mary, incline your ears to me. Oh, my Lady Mary, incline your ears to me. My sorrows adding up, the suffering won't stop. How can I handle it after all I am alone? Oh, hurry, Mother of Emmanuel. Oh, hurry. Mother of Emmanuel, I, my troubles and my pain, no one will care to know. Oh, my Lady Mary, incline your ears to me. Oh, my Lady Mary. Incline your ears to me. I stumble endlessly. I'm about to fall. Oh, Mary, uplift me. Tell me I'm all right now. Oh, Mary, uplift me. Tell me I'm all right now. Oh, Virgin Mary, I beg, listen to me. 
with my tears and my cries. I'm falling at your feet, O Mother of God. Incline your ear to me, O Mother of God. Incline your ear to me. About six over here. Zamari Madak Tasamalin, sister, our sister Zamari Tsion. May you hear the hymns of the angels from high above. Thank you for your service. Uh, without further ado, we will not um, make you wait anymore. I know some of you are still having um, difficulties. This is the first time we're trying Zoom, and we uh, thank you for your uh, for your patience. Most of you are already, about 40 of you I hear that you guys are still in through Zoom, and if you're not able to go through Zoom, you can also use our phone numbers to get in. Uh, and the password for Zoom that we uh, just figured out is actually, we apologize for that as well, the password is 011143. So if you, if you have anything uh, to present uh, uh, visually that you, you want, uh, um, the, uh, you want uh, the youth to see, you could uh, try to get into Zoom or we could just resume with uh, with as we are right now. I don't have any like visual presentations or anything. It's fine. Does he put on? Okay. Let's continue with this. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Rajimir Menat and I you may God grant you all to live long and to live well. As Diakon Ephraim already mentioned, we are learning one of the great virtues, which is of course or patience and uh, today to give you kind of a brief overview or roadmap I want to begin by getting into some of the origin of the Holy Scriptures and I will do that you know from my own memory but also according to Scripture itself then I want to get into a prayer that I've been reflecting on for about seven years it's the prayer of Holy or Saint Ephraim the Syrian, a very honored and venerable saint or holy one in our tradition, and also the namesake of our brother Diakon Ephraim. We'll have some prayers to him and a prayer of him that I want to get into. In that prayer, actually, he asks for the Lord to grant him a spirit of patience. My focus, what I had brought to the table, was today to just emphasize removing a spirit of despair and adding a spirit of chastity, but it looks like the Lord always works on his own time, and in his own time, he wanted us to also learn about patience. Then I want to get into at least two of the biblical names from the story that I'm going to be reading today, and then I want to actually explain, kind of give a preamble or explanation of what is going to happen as we go through the story. And the brunt of my teaching or instruction today will be in that beginning. And I'm going to end by just reading for you the lengthy passage, which is the story itself. Because one of the greatest tasks that a deacon is given in our liturgical services or in our worship services 
is the public reading of scriptures. And it's so beautiful that our language restricts certain things. If you've heard me teach before, I like pointing out things in our language that are restricted because of the Semitic worldview in which our language grew up. So, for example, when you hear Nevaba in this, it is both to speak out loud and to read out loud. For us, reading is not a greedy act. Reading is not a selfish act. Reading is not an act of a rugged individual. Reading is a communal act. Our community is fundamentally a community that gathers around literacy. Specifically, if you look at Ethiopia, you know, a lot of people like to boast in our anti-colonialism, and that is something for the historical records. But beyond that, for me, the thing that stands out the most about our society is the fact that we have literacy, that we have the script, that we have centuries of literature, and that we have this proud tradition that we wish the rest of our African brothers and sisters had, but quite frankly, that they do not to that, to that extent. You know, the closest extent would be the Egyptians with hieroglyphics and with the Coptic language, which is the successor or the descendant of the hieroglyphs. But even they have abandoned their script for the Greek script. So really, we have the indigenous African script. And through the grace of the Lord, we have been able, through this script, to glorify him throughout time and throughout place. Here we are in North America, and we are still glorifying him. And that's something that I am ever grateful for. So when it comes to that first subject, I said the origin of the Holy Scriptures. Um, sometimes, especially if you're switching between an Amharic Bible and an English Bible, you may have noticed some funny things. Even if you are dealing with an English Bible itself, and you're flipping from the New Testament to the Old Testament, you may have noticed some differences, for example, in the Psalms, some differences when you see quotations and acts from Amos, when you see quotations from Hebrews of the Psalms. And a lot of this ties to something which is a complex idea. I'll do my best to introduce complex ideas simply and only in a little bit, but the rest of the time focus on things that we all know how to deal with and handle. It's good for us to have things that are you know, at our level, and then things that invite us to grow. And with a growth mindset, all of us can do that. So the Older Testament, there are a lot of questions and arguments people have about biblical canon. They're typically drawn on two sources. The best source possible would be if we had the original Hebrew in which the Older Testament was written. Sadly, we do not have that. Or we can say joyfully, because we have to be joyful in any situation, and especially the ones that the Lord presents us with. What we do have is something called the Masoretic Text and something called the Septuagint. Those are both technical terms, and to not confuse us, there is a Hebrew text and the Greek text. But it is important to remember even the Greek came from an older Hebrew. So the Greek text we have, we can call the Diaspora Text, because it is mainly from the Diaspora Jews, predominantly in Alexandria, Egypt, but also all, all over what was then the known world to the Western folks. And the Jews all outside of Jerusalem 
predominantly spoke Greek because at the time it was Hellenized or made Greek by Alexander the Great and his lust for power when he tried to conquer the whole world. And he eventually failed, but he did a pretty good job in that task. Good here, not ultimately good, not uh, good in the eyes of God, but good in the sense of <clears throat> he was able to fulfill his task. And in doing that, he spread the Greek language you know, forcefully. It was the lingua franca. It was the language that many people knew. So we have this Older Testament that is then later used by the New Testament authors and then thus used by the church, especially the Orthodox Church, all the way through to the present age. Uh, we Ethiopians are a little unique because sometimes we've got some Arabic and Syriac sources in addition to the Greek. But predominantly, especially if you look at the way we say names, um, one silly example is uh, Saul. You know, Saul is very close to our word Sa'al, which means to ask or to petition. And instead of making it sound more like Giz and just calling Saul Sa'al, and if you look at our Giz and Amharic Bibles, it says Saul. And Saul doesn't really mean anything. It's a Greek accent on a Hebrew word. So, you know, that, that's one example of many that shows that we, we rely heavily on the Greek text, even for the names. But in any event, the Greek text is 200 years before Christ. The Hebrew text that we have available is sometime 200 to 800 years after Christ. It is a shorter version of the Older Testament, cutting out a number of books, a number of passages. And the important thing that we have to know is that our God presented us with a church who said that this is our Bible. And our canon is slightly looser than others. That's why we have 81 books instead of 66 or 71 or 72 or, or different number variations. And in any event, <clears throat> in the New Testament, when we hear that all Scripture is for our instruction, what they are talking about is primarily the Greek text that includes 54 books of the Older Testament. Uh, because the New Testament is not bound at the time yet. So if anything, we have to understand, if we had to choose between the Older Testament and the New, we have to choose the Blue. We have to choose the Older. But the key to unlocking the Older Testament is the New Testament. And so we appreciate both. The Older Testament is the letter of salvation to a part of humanity, which are the Jews, descendants of Jacob, descendants of, Is of Israel, who is Jacob, Right, because of the covenant with his father Isaac and his father Abraham. But that group itself is chosen at random, and the ultimate message of God, of humanity, is for all of humanity. And so the New Testament offers the salvation given to the Jews to all people. And so all of the scriptures are for our instruction. And so today, I want to go to the wisdom of Sirach. The wisdom of Sirach is one of the beginnings of these extra books of the Bible that we lose when we don't acknowledge the value of the Greek text. And yet, it has an interesting thing to say. Let me read from the introduction to the wisdom of Sirach, Makdamat Ababa Sirach. Many and great things to us through the law and the prophets and the others who followed after them have been given, for which it is proper to praise Israel for instruction and wisdom. And not only for them who read is it proper to become wise, but also for those who love learning to be able to be useful to outsiders by both speaking and writing. My grandfather, Joshua, having given himself over much time to both the reading of the law and the prophets and the other books of our ancestors, 
and after obtaining sufficient skill in these, was himself also prompted to write something of the things pertaining to instruction and wisdom. It is fitting so that those eager to learn, having become acquainted with these things, also might make much more progress on account of the divine law of life. You are encouraged, therefore, with goodwill and care to make a reading and to have patience for that which we might seem to lack power. As to some of the words that were lovingly labored over regarding their interpretation, for things do not have the same force in them when expressed in Hebrew and when translated into another tongue. I'll pause here and say, and then realize this is an English translation of that Greek, of that Hebrew. So just realize how many layers are going on. I'll continue with the introduction of the wisdom of Sirach. But not only these, but even the law itself and the prophets and the rest of the books have no small difference when expressed in themselves. For having arrived in Egypt in the 38th year of King Eurgetes and spending some time, I found a copy of no small instruction. I myself set a most necessary duty to bring some diligence and love of labor to translate this book. For much sleeplessness and skill has been brought to bear in the interval of time to bring the document to its end, to publish it also for those in exile who are wishing to learn, being predisposed to live according to the customs in the law. So I don't know the makeup of everyone, but I'm going to assume there are a lot of Ethiopian Americans whose Giz and Amharic may not be that strong. Diagore Ephraim and I, Zammari for Bazambar Sion, we all speak Amharic. In fact, Diagon Ephraim and I dabble in Giz. We're fine. We could go be in a monastery in Ethiopia. In fact, our brother did just that. So we could be fine. But just like in the wisdom of Sirach, we have brothers and sisters in exile. We have brothers and sisters in a foreign land. We have brothers and sisters who may view themselves as outsiders, even within their own tradition if not everything, is in the language that is most powerful for them. And so, in the same tradition, as the author of the wisdom of Sirach, we are here to make sure that the same wisdom, the same instruction, is presented to everyone else. And here we realize how important the Greek text is, but that even the Greek text points to the Hebrew that came before it. And so there is value, brothers and sisters, in studying the Hebrew, but as well as studying the Greek. It means we have a lot ahead of us. We have to study Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic, Amharic, Giz, English. And in, depending on our communities, maybe some Spanish, French, and Tagalog to spread it to other communities. In any event, that's the basis of which I'm going to later teach about the story of Susan, or Susanna, or Sosanna. But first, the prayer of St. Ephraim. The Syrian. O Lord and Master of my life, take from me the spirit of sloth, despair, lust of power, and idle talk, but give rather the spirit of chastity, humility, patience, and love to your servant. Yes, O Lord and King, grant me to see my own sins and not to judge my brothers and sisters, for you are blessed unto the ages of ages, or forever and ever. As I mentioned, today the Lord wanted us to focus on the piece here where Ephraim asks for the spirit of patience. 
And so may God grant us all the spirit of patience in our service. At the same time, what I came prepared to discuss is the idea of despair and the idea of chastity. So the Holy Scriptures in their entirety are there to instruct us in the matter of hope. If we're feeling despondent, the Holy Scriptures provide hope. If we're feeling despair, the Holy Scriptures provide hope. If we're feeling hopeless, the Holy Scriptures provide hope. So that is the basis of them, to combat the spirit of despair that any of us might feel. At the same time, we see the idea of chastity. Chastity is the idea of purity or innocence, of being white, of being set apart, holy and perfect. Chastity, as a rugged individual, would mean your personal preventing of sexual immorality or sexual exploits that do not please the Lord. But on a communal level, the church is the bride of the bridegroom, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so as a church, we need chastity. As a church, as a community that gathers around the literacy of the Holy Scriptures as they were given to us in Ethiopia, we need to be chaste. We need to be faithful to our Lord. That leads me to the next point. Two of the people we'll be looking at, first of all, we're looking at the scroll of, of Daniel or of Daniel or the book of Daniel. And it is along the section of scriptures called the other writings or the Kitabim or the books, the other writings. And it is called the wisdom literature. It is prophetic in a sense, but it is still in the wisdom literature. And there are two names I want you to think about. First and foremost, every single name in the Bible has a meaning and has a meaning in the story, has a meaning in the literature of the Bible. So we have to understand there is no such thing as an accidental name. There's a purpose and a meaning and an ends to every single name. So I'll tell you at least since it's Daniel's book, the name of Daniel and Sosanna, and maybe there are some Daniels and some Sosannaoch who are listening right now. So Sosanna means a lily or a flower. Even to this day, Basrael, they use this word, Shoshi or Sosi, to mean a beautiful lily or a beautiful flower. And it has this idea of innocence. And we'll see the idea of innocence in the story. Daniel means only God could judge. Right. Even in Amharic, this is a Semitic cognate, so we know that Danya is judge. So Daniel is the judge is God or Xavier Danya. So it's the same root because our languages are related. So only God could judge or God is the ultimate judge. In the face of injustice in our society, we want to take action. But when we have faith and hope and confidence in our Lord as judge, which is one of his greatest functions, then we are not worried about that. This story has Sosanna threatened with rape, in fact, by more than one person, by a, a really like dastardly gangbang. And what makes this matter even worse is that the people who are threatening her are leadership. 
And so the Holy Scriptures is often putting a great deal of responsibility on leadership, on kings, on presidents, on prime ministers, on archpriests, on priests, on, on prophets even at times. But at every level, each of us has some realm of power. There is someone below us. The hierarchy or the stratification is great. And so if you're a parent, if you're an uncle, if you're an aunt, if you're an older cousin, if you're an older brother, an older sister, at some sense, in some way, in some function, you have leadership. And so we have to be careful because the word of God is a double-edged sword. It slices the reader and the hearer. And often we want to read into the scriptures that we are the heroes, but often we are the villain, and the hero is God. God is always the hero of scripture. So these people who threatened Sosadna, these people who are leaders, who are abusing their power, abusing their leadership, not only threaten her with this horrendous matter, but then they lie against her. So we have to ask ourselves to make it functional for us in our context. If we are persecuted by the government, what should our response be? Now, we're not really persecuted by the government, but some people think with some of these lockdowns that they feel persecuted. If we are discontent with some of our university actions during this lockdown or prior to the lockdown, you know, some of you may be graduating this year and may be, you know, compelled to be virtual graduates or whatever it may be. We need to wonder what is our ultimate hope in. If we're not at the university level yet, if we're at the school level, if we feel somehow abused or some sort of injustice in our school, how are we responding? If we are not properly honoring our parents, our fathers and our mothers, and think somehow that our parents who love and care for us are persecuting us. And of course, there are the extreme cases where there is actual abuse from parents. But more likely than not, there isn't. More likely than not, it might be a cultural difference, a cultural gap for which we'll need to study cross-cultural studies to see how we can communicate across time and place, across different bahal, tufit, and nawak compared to what we have. So in any matter, whether it's the government, the university, our school, our parents, anywhere where we think there is injustice, we have to ask ourselves, what type of action can we take? What type of response should we have? And we need to realize that we can't take matters into our own hands. We don't call Ghostbusters. We don't call the Avengers. The Lord is our Avenger. The Lord is the revenge getter. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is ultimately the one in whom we need to place our hope and our confidence. I'm going to invite you to read the entire book of Daniel when you're at home. In the Hebrew text, the book of Daniel, or the scroll of Daniel, has 12 chapters, and it's amazing. We learn about Lika Malayik Gabriel. We learn about Salastu Dagik, or the three youth. We learn about Nebuchadnezzar, who is an evil emperor, but a, a replaceable one, because there are, there are many like him in every age, not just in that age, but even today. And we learn, of course, about Danae, who shows how you can be faithful and religious even in an environment 
of great persecution, even in an environment that is totally against God from head to toe. And in the Greek text, Susanna or Susan or Sosanna or Sosie, she is chapter 13. And so in the English Septuagint, I'm going to read it. Here's the lengthy passage upon this. I will complete it. And when I read for you this 13th chapter of Daniel, it is an invitation for you to read the entire Daniel and to get instructed from it unto life. There was a man living in Babylon, and his name was Joachim. He took a wife whose name was Susanna, or Sosanna, daughter of Hilkiah, very beautiful and fearful of the Lord. Her parents were righteous, and they taught their daughter according to the instruction of Moses. Joachim was very wealthy, and he had an orchard beside his house. And the Jews would come to him on account of him being held in higher esteem than all others. Two elders were assigned from the people as judges in that year, about whom the master said, Lawlessness sprouted from Babylon, from elders, judges who were intended to guide the people. These were constantly in the house of Joachim, and all those who needed a judge would come to them. And it happened when the people left in the middle of the day, Sosanna would come in and walk around in the orchard of her husband. The two elders kept watching her entering and walking around according to the day, and they came to be in lust for her. They perverted their own mind, and they turned their their eyes away to, to look not to the heavens or to remember righteous judgment. They were both deeply moved concerning her, but they did not report their distress to one another, for they were ashamed to report their yearning because they wanted to be with her. They watched closely, eagerly, to see her according to the day. They said to one another, let us go into home now because it is lunchtime. And when they went out, they separated from one another. But returning, they came to the same place. And when they asked one another for the reason, they confessed their yearning. Then together, they arranged a time when they would be able to find her alone. It happened that while they were watching closely for a convenient day, she once came in just like the day before and the third day before alone with two girls. And she wanted to bathe in the orchard because it was scorching hot. There was no one there except the two elders, hidden and observing her. She said to the girls, Now bring me olive oil and soap and close the doors of the orchard so I can bathe. They did just as she said. They closed the doors of the orchard and went out the side doors to bring the things assigned to them. They did not see the elders because they were hidden. And it happened when the girls left, the two old men got up and ran up to her. And they said, Look, the doors of the orchard are closed and no one can see us and we are in lust for you. Therefore, agree with us and be with us. But if not, we will testify against you that a young man was with you and you sent the maidens away from you on account of this. And Sosanna groaned and said, I am confined on every side, for if I do this, it is death for me. And if I do not, I will not escape your hands. It is preferable for me to fall into your hands by not taking part than to sin before the Lord. And Sosanna shouted out with a loud voice, but the two old men opposite her also shouted. And one ran and opened the doors of the orchard. But when they heard the shouting in the orchard, those from the house burst in through the side doors to see what happened with her. But when the old men said their words, the servants were very ashamed because such a word as this had never been said about Sosanna. And it happened on the next day as the people assembled around her husband, Yaikim, the two old men came full of lawless thoughts against Sosanna to put her to death. And they said before the people, 
descendant Sosenna, daughter of Hilkiah, who was the wife of Iyaikim. Then they sent for her, and she came, and her parents, and her children, and all her relatives. But Sosenna was very delicate and beautiful in shape. Then the lawless ones ordered her to be uncovered, for she was veiled, so that they could be filled with her beauty. Then those who were with her, and all the ones who looked at her, began crying. The two old men arose in the midst of the people and put their hands on her head. She wept and looked up into heaven, because her heart had trusted in the Lord. The old men said, while we were walking alone in the orchard, she entered with two girls and closed the doors of the orchard and sent the girls away. A young man who was hidden came to her, and he lay down with her. But because we were in the corner of the orchard, upon seeing the lawlessness, we ran to them. And when we saw them having sexual intercourse, we could not gain possession of that man, because he was stronger than us, and he opened the doors and leapt away. But we seized this woman and asked her who the young man was. And she did not want to tell us. We testify to these things. The assembly believed them as they were elders of the people and judges, and they condemned her to die. But Sosanna shouted out with a loud voice and said, God eternal, who divines the hidden things, who knows everything before their beginning, you realize that they have testified against me with lies. And look, I will die doing nothing wrong that these men maliciously accuse against me. And the Lord listened to her voice. And while she was being led away to be put to death, God roused the Holy Spirit of a young boy named Danael. And he cried out with a loud voice, I am innocent of the blood of this woman. Then all the people turned toward him and said, What is this word that you have spoken? As he stood in their midst, he said, In this way you are stupid, O people of Israel. Without examining or recognizing what is clear, you have condemned the daughter of Israel. Go back into the court. For these men have testified lies against her. All the people returned quickly, and the elder said to him, Come, sit in come, sit in our midst and tell us, because God has given you the privilege of an elder. So Danael said to them, Separate them far from one another, and I will question them. Then when they were separated the one from the other, he called one of them and said to him, O oh, you who have become old of evil days, now your sins are present, which you continued to do before by judging unrighteous cases and condemning the innocent, but dismissing the blameworthy, while the Lord says, You shall not kill an innocent and righteous person. Now, therefore, if you really saw this woman, tell us, Under what tree did you see them having sexual intercourse with one another? He said, Under the mastic tree. Then Danael said, Rightly, you have lied against your own head, for the angel of God has already received the statement from God. He will split you in half. After he had removed him, he ordered to bring the other and said to him, Seed of Canaan and not of Judah, beauty has deceived you and lust has distorted your heart. You used to act in this way to deceive the daughters of Israel and those women, since they were frightened, would have sexual intercourse with you. But a daughter of Judah did not tolerate your lawlessness. Now, therefore, tell me under what tree did you seize them talking to one another? So he said under the evergreen oak, Danael said to him, Surely you have also lied against your own head, for the angel of God is waiting, holding a sword to cut you in half to destroy you. And all the assembly cried out with a loud voice and praised the God who delivers those who hope in him. And they stood up against the two old men, because Danael had shown them from their own mouths they were false witnesses. And they did to them just as they had maliciously intended against the neighbor by acting according to the instruction of Moses and they killed him. They killed them and innocent blood was saved on that day. Hilkiah and his wife praised for their daughter with Iyaik and her husband and all their kindred because no unseemly action was found in her. 
Danael became great for, before the people from that day and beyond. This entire story is for us to remember. And in, in fact, whenever we read the Old Scriptures or the Older Testament, we recall to see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ within the Scriptures. We realize that even though Sosana is a woman, she is foreshadowing the injustice and the persecution and the trial which our Lord uh, went through. What makes his case even more amazing than this mere foreshadowing is that our Lord was actually put to death and Sosana wasn't. Whether we are actually put to death or whether we are saved in that moment, we have to have faith and hope in our Lord that he can save us in any moment and that his, his justice, his ways are right. It's not that we come up with our own ethics and morals and say, is God being correct? It's that God is correct and that which is good is that which springs for, from God. So we accept any situation, any persecution, any comfort that we receive. And in all times and in all places, we hope in our Lord. During this time, we have evening prayers every day, even song called Sa'atat. From that Sa'atat Kufl, we have Maharan Na'ab. Within Maharan Na'ab, we chant always Manu Tasfaya Akonu Ixabihir. Who is my hope? It became the Lord. And this is, of course, Abba Vyorizagasicha quoting from Mazmura Dawit or from the Psalms of David, which are the eternal liturgy in which we worship the Lord. Thank you, Brother Deacon Hainok, for that insightful, uh, in-depth teaching. We appreciate your service, and we are uh, thankful and uh, we are thankful that you have joined us today. May you hear the words of life. Uh, Brother Deacon Hainuk uh, has been uh, serving with us for a while now in various ways. He's a, a wonderful brother that um, is willing to serve anytime, anywhere, even if you tell him the last minute. It was only last night that I uh, uh, reached out to him to if he could serve us today. And he was willing right away. So we appreciate your service. And may our Lord, uh, may God bless your service and give you longevity. Uh, and as uh, Brother Deacon Henoch uh, mentioned, uh, we need to uh, be faithful to our Lord. We need to chast or be faithful to the God that we uh, worship. And uh, I always mention that in every situation, in every sermon, whether... Uh, the teacher thinks that he prepared for uh, a sermon and, and every given conference that starts with the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, since our Lord is with us, he is able to lead us uh, since, since sermons are actually part of prayer as well. And in um, Romans chapter 8, it says that the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us, that guides us uh, what to pray in our minds. The same way he guides our, our, our conference, and believe it or not, uh, today I had um, uh, one um, project that I was, I was uh, going to announce for all of us to do as a class, and as you guys know in, in Nashville class, especially during Lent season, we have accustomed, we have a tradition to do uh, one pro 
class projects. It could either be uh, the weekly um, projects that you guys do in, in, in groups, or it could be an end of the Lent season uh, huge conference. But in, in, in every um, every year for the last three years, we've been doing different kinds of uh, projects. And I was thinking uh, that I'm going to announce the project and what Diakon Henok was talking about the book of Daniel and the story of Sosanna and uh, the and he told you to read from book of Daniel's and I was planning to tell you guys that today and you could see that, that I don't and I, I see I say this again and again there's no such thing as coincidence in in, uh, in the world of our Lord uh, everything is is his perspective everything is his will and we believe that Every part of our life, whether we think we're in the dark or we're in the light, good or bad, in every situation, our Lord is there to shine and, 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 and bring us to the light. And this is one uh, one example where I was going to tell you to read uh, the book of Daniel as a, as a project. Not only read, I'll let you know what the project is, but um, it's amazing that God is always with us. And when we pray that and when he assured us that he will be with with us if we are in his name whether we're one or two gathered together he doesn't care if it's a a, a mass or a gathering or millions or thousands as we uh, usually care uh, but he said if you are gathered by my name whether you're one or two I'll be the third with you and and this is another assurance that he's always with us uh, because whether we talk about it or not, the sermons that we provide, the conference that we come to to put together, it's the Holy Spirit that leads it. And this is one example. This is, uh, I will, uh, before going through, um, before telling you guys what the project is, and then we'll, we're going to talk about uh, what we should challenge. It's, it's a challenge that we're going to do, uh, the project, before we go on on there. I don't know if Zamari Sion is still online. I know she told me that she has to go to another conference. If she's still available, we could do one more mazmur, and then uh, we'll go on. Is Zamarizi is still available? I believe she left. Okay, no problem then. Um, so, before I tell you guys the, my, my points and the challenge or the project that we should do as a group, if you guys have any questions, we'll let you guys um, are our good brother, Dr. Gashaw, is, uh, will help us unmute you. Or you could press six star if you have to unmute yourself. Or first, if you if you have any questions, uh, on your phone, enter star nine. Or unmute yourself, star six, and, and you could just ask any questions. Yeah, I'm muted everybody. So hold on. Well, I don't 